This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday, June 5th edition of Invest Talk. I appreciate it. I'm Steve Peasley, and here to help you with your money questions. Are you an investor? Do you want to be? I want to help you if we can. So we're talking, we're taking your calls now at 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. It's the first full week of June, and to most people, it feels like summer is finally here. Now, speaking of calendars and recognition of passing time, at some point down the road, you, you will want to retire. Most people do. Or you will be forced to retire someplace down the road. And did you know that 37 states do not tax Social Security benefits? It's true. Now, that leaves 13 states, 13 states, which are less retire-friendly in that category. They do tax Social Security benefits. 13 states. You know what they are? We'll talk about it. But now, while you pick up your phone, time for that. To call the program. I'll go to a call that came in earlier. It's called our Anytime anytime Listener Line, 888-99-CHART. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh, name's Jimmy. Uh, my question is uh, really trying to understand uh, all of the impact on uh, other foreign exchanges, uh, other foreign markets, uh, particularly uh, the Japanese market, uh, Hong Kong, Shanghai, et cetera, some of those Asian markets, uh, because they close. Uh, later, you know, almost a complete 180 from the uh, U.S. market time frame. And so I'm trying to gauge uh, the impact that those markets have on the U.S. markets and, and vice versa. Uh, particularly interested in, in I want to say, next day or prior day. So, so typically, are those markets going to follow the U.S. Or, or is the U.S., you know, is it going to set up for those markets? Or is the U.S. market typically going to follow those markets in the next day, if that makes sense. So really just trying to understand the impact and influence uh, foreign markets have on the U.S. market and its economy. Thank you, guys. Bye. Okay, that's a good question. First, though, let's make sure we understand that is no matter what the tie is, it's not a perfect tie. In other words, our market might do something and that doesn't necessarily follow that the foreign markets will do it or vice versa. But generally speaking, now this is generally, generally our market leads. Okay, so if we have a good day, generally Asian markets have a good day. If we have a bad day, generally Asian markets and European markets for that matter have a bad day. Now, that's then you got to go a little bit deeper and say, well, sometimes they'll move in different directions completely because there might be some big news event or some big uh, economic news or a uh, it could be anything that could drive that market that's got to be fairly big that would be different than our market and vice versa, by the way. So uh, it's not a perfect tie, but generally we lead the way, generally. Uh, generally we're early. 
for instance, um, if you're going, you are asking just about the markets and the next day and the day before. So the, as I said, the general rule is usually we lead, we meaning the U.S., and then they will follow suit. But economically, that's a different story. Generally, we also lead, but they don't necessarily follow. Not necessarily. Sometimes it takes a long time, a long time for it to follow. Uh, it's not a day-to-day -day thing. It's months, months. Okay. For instance, uh, Japan and uh, the EU still are doing massive QE, quantitative easing. We've been not doing that. We've been tightening for two-plus years. They're not. Okay, how's their economies doing? Well, they're doing okay, but EU looks like it's starting to, you know, falter on some of its growth. So they don't necessarily follow us economically speaking, but generally, even if our economy is doing strong, it influences their economies to do better, but usually they lag by months. Okay, good question. Now, nearly three-fourths of U.S. states don't tax Social Security benefits at all. Although your Social Security benefits can be taxed by the IRS, regardless of where you live, you know, because it's a federal tax. Now, Matthew Frankel of The Motley Fool reports that there are some things you need to know if your state isn't on the tax-free Social Security list. Specifically, the IRS uses an income test to determine if a portion of your Social Security benefits are taxable for federal income tax purposes. In other words, how much money do you make? They combine all income as one half of your Social Security benefits and all of your other sources of income. Even non-taxable bond interest is included in the income figure they use. Okay? But, if the 13 states that tax Social Security benefits only four, four follow the IRS income test. So computing the tax can be pretty complex for those states. Generally speaking, if Social Security makes up the vast majority of your money, your income, uh, income, retirement income, your benefits are not taxable. Not taxable. If, that, if Social Security is mostly your money, however, if you have substantial, substantial income from other sources, you can end up paying federal income tax on your Social Security benefits. Oh, what are the 13 states that do tax Social Security benefits? Here they are. Minnesota, North Dakota, Vermont, West Virginia. Now, they use the IRS income tax tests, by the way, those states. The other states are Montana, Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Okay, so those are the states. Now, there are many factors that determine how retire-friendly or not any given state is. And while ta the taxability of Social Security benefits is certainly one factor, it's a relatively small part of the big picture. Many states that don't tax Social Security benefits can be taxed nightmares otherwise. So you got to understand what's going on in your state. Now, well, now of course. Now remember, some tax, some states, thirteen states tax your social security benefits. The others do not. Now, so if you would like more personalized assistance on what's tax friendly, what's not, or how your income is going to be taxed in your retirement, 
Well, go to investtalk.com, click on the contact us link, contact us link, and send me a message. We'll talk about it. As informed listeners, you probably have financial investment questions for me. We are welcoming your calls right now. All your questions right now, anytime on our anytime listener line, 888-99-CHART. So what's our featured talking point today? How to save for retirement if you don't have a 401k. If you don't have a 401k or 453 or 403b, 457, those numbers, if you don't have them, how do you save for retirement? There are other ways. You don't have to rely on them necessarily. Also, what does the average person spend in retirement? Do you have an idea how much the average person spends in retirement? Well, I got some stats on that. I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. And the stock market is headed into more stormy weather. This is an opinion of Howard Gold, who writes for MarketWatch. But I gonna he's got some interesting statistics on volatility that I want to share with you in that article. Also, finally, job openings report comes out every month. Hit a record: six point seven million job openings last month. That's from the Labor Department. What does that really mean to you and I? Does that is that good or bad? Is having a record amount of job openings good? Usually it is, but we'll get into the details. The market was uh, down, or kind of mixed today. It was mixed. The Dow was down 14, but the Nasdaq was up 31 points. So that means that big tech, big tech drove the market today. And the S&P was only up two points. And that S&P was down most of the day, but it ended up being up two points. So it was a mixed market day with the Dow's down while the NASDAQ was up. But the NASDAQ was driven by big company, big tech companies, I thought. And that's the second day in a row that's happened, by the way. Have you noticed the NASDAQ is actually at new highs while the other, the S&P, the broader market, and the big Dow stocks, they're way below. They're not even close to their new highs yet. It's an interesting dichotomy happening there. This is Invest Talk. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Here's something you should make note of because time is running out. I'll be in the San Jose office tomorrow, tomorrow, June 6th. Both new investors and long-term investors can benefit from my assistance, hopefully. We'd love to, I'd love to sit down and talk to you. Go to investtalk.com and click on the Contact Us top menu link. Scroll down to Portfolio Review Requests, select it, and send me your contact information. The phone's line are now open, 888-99-CHART. Back to Invest Talk with your live calls and questions. Invest Talk, the program that helps you grow your money. We're taking your questions now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Noel in Napa Valley. How are you doing, Noel? I'm doing great. Uh, you, you got me to thinking when you were talking about the different states uh, and their taxes. Uh, I, I, yeah. I don't know what we're, you and I are doing in California. We must be nuts. Yeah, really. Tax-wise, we're We could move we're to screwed. the live-free-or-die state where there's no state income tax, there's no sales tax. Yep. And, uh, yep. And here, here we are yeah, in Cal- know. you know, taxaholic state here of California. It's unbelievable. Yes, we um, are. You know yeah, why? Oh, because well, it's a beautiful be state. Some, I love be the weather. Must be something in the water. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you have a question about a stock? Uh, anyhow, hey, 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 hello? Yes, go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm calling in about AMD. Okay. Uh, do you own it, it or do you want to buy micro it? Devices? Uh, yeah, I own it. I've had it. I was just looking, looking it up, and I've had it just a little over a year now. So it's eligible for sale. And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, about a month ago, it was actually below what I bought, paid for it. But now it's like up mm-hmm. 49% uh, uh, took, from what I paid off. for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, yeah. and it's been going up like uh, crazy lately. Um, yeah, kind of scary. It's kind of scary how fast and, it's going up, gone up, No. Yeah, and uh, so I'm just kind of wondering about it. What at what point should I bail out? Because I've I've been in it just over a year now. So, uh, so and, and I, I, I looked at one website, and all they could tell me was that tech stocks are going up. They couldn't tell me why AMD was going up. So, mm-hmm. right, right. Okay, AMD. Everybody designs microprocessors, embedded um, media graphics processors, and chipsets for computers and consumers. Uh, AMD lost money from 2012 to 2016, and then 2017 they made 13 cents a share, and then this year they're going to make 45 cents a share. Next year they're going to make 60 cents a share, and therein lies the reason why the stock has moved up all of a sudden. Everybody's recognizing, oh, well, they're 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 going to make a lot of money, all of a sudden. Their sales growth last quarter was up 40 percent. Now, the quarter before that was 21, the quarter before that 26, the quarter before that 19. So the sales growth accelerated a double almost last quarter. That's when it started to take off. That earnings report came in right at the end of April, and the thing took off. Now, will it stop? It looks like it's headed into right some heavy resistance, but it's still at, the 60, at 60 cents. You know, it's a 25 PE or so growing at 40%. So it still might have some ways to go, Noel. So I just follow it up with a stop. I'd be watching it very closely, but just let it run until it stops running and then get out. I would let it run. There are many places to obtain financial advice, everybody. I think you should know that here at investtalk.com and at KPP Financial, we go out of our way to give you the straight story the facts about investing in financial terms. We try to give you the facts. Some of them might be complex. Some of them may be too easy for you. But I really, I and Justin work really hard about giving you proper information, information that's correct. But if you have a call, give me a call. You are an investor. Big or small, nobody wants to make mistakes. At some point, though, everybody needs reliable guidance. InvestTalk can help you focus on what works for you. And Steve is taking your questions right now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, so how do you save for retirement if you don't have a 401k or a 457, 403b? Those are those retirement accounts your employer has. How do you save it? Now, we all know about IRAs. I mean, I don't think anybody doesn't know about them, but you have a traditional IRA, which allows you to put, you know, up to, what, $5,500 a year and $6,500 if you're over 50. That's how much money you can put away in that IRA a year. And that money is deducted from your uh, adjusted gross income, so you don't have to pay taxes on it. 
Then there's a Roth IRA, a Roth IRA, which is a, uh, you know, it's taxable, okay? So, uh, in other words, that money is taxed, but all the growth o over the years is never taxed when you start taking out a retirement. And you don't have to take it out ever if you don't want to from a Roth. A regular IRA, you have to start taking that money at age 70 and a half, and they start ta using that as your income, you know, uh, they add that to your adjusted gross income and you're taxed on it. So all the growth of your regular IRA is all taxed. Now, there is a SEP IRA, S-E-P. And SEP stands for Simplified Employee Pension. Okay? And it is a type of traditional IRA for self-employed individuals. And, and including people who get like freelance income or business, small business owners. It's a very simple way to create a kind of retirement account similar to a 401k, okay? But what can you put in that? You can put up 20, put in 20% of your net income up to $55,000 in 2018 into this account per year. So you can put a lot more money in it if you have the money. Uh, and... And just like a regular IRA, your contributions are not taxable the, the, until you start withdrawing it. And note, uh, if you're a small business owner and you have employees, you're going to have to put, if you have a SEP IRA and you put money in it, you've got to put money in for your employees too. So be very careful. Also, SEP IRA uh, is a good option if you're not contributing more than 5500 a year to your retirement fund. You want to retire, put more in it. That's what it's a good option for. And there's, you know, the normal account investing account. You've got that. And, uh, you know, HSA, health savings account, you could put money away in that. So, you know, how do you decide which of these are best? Well, if you can't decide, talk to me or some or your accountant. Maybe they can help you. Be happy to help you myself. Okay, the great thing about our anytime listener line, everybody, it never closes. Here's a question that came in earlier. 888 99 Hey, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for taking the call. I really enjoy the show. I was just uh, wondering if you could provide your outlook on the transportation and logistics uh, recent uh, IPO industry leader. Uh, that is Schneider International. SNDR is the stock. Uh, I think that they have a tremendous amount of upside, but just wanted to know uh, where you stood uh, on its technical and fundamental uh, side and analysis. Thank you. Bye. Okay, Schneider National. Schneider National is a company, SNDR, operates as a transportation and logistics services company in North America. It's a fairly new IPO. came out at $19 as an IPO back in 2017, June or so, May, June of that year, uh, at $19. And today it's at $28.82. Okay, so it's had a move kind of consistently up. It had trouble that the like the rest of the market this year it had a good went from like thirty dollars down to twenty six, so that was like fifteen percent, thirteen fifteen percent. Now today's at twenty eight eighty two. The numbers, look at the fundamental numbers. Remember on the on our on our. Uh, Web webinar, we talked about fundamentals first. What do the fundamentals numbers tell you? Well, they've made money every year, even before they went IPO. 
But this year they're going to make a dollar forty-five. That's up fifty-nine percent from last year. Next year a dollar sixty-eight, another sixteen percent. It's a twenty-eight dollar stock. So that tells you um, that. It's about, what, 16, 17 PE? And the PE has never been below 21. So I think, and the sales growth, they increased 13% last quarter, the most recent quarter, then 11% the quarter before that, 5% the quarter before that. So the sales growth is increasing and profits are increasing. And the stock price is not too expensive with a return of equity of 17%, great cash flow. Not too much debt. Management owns 30%. So I kind of like it. Hopefully it can break above $30. That's where the lot of resistance is. You know, $29.50 to $30. And that's going to be a double top. It went down today. Uh, and it's kind of hesitating right at that number. Uh, if you're going to buy it, I would wait till it broke above $30. Until it happens, you know. Or wait till it pulls back down into the mid-20s. Then I would buy it. Vitaly Atlanta, would you hold on? I, I've got to take a break. You'll be up next. I appreciate you holding on. Uh, what's coming up on Invest Talk Wednesday? Can gold be a smart investment? That's tomorrow, everybody. But for now, I'm here to answer your financial money questions. 888 chart Coming up on Invest Talk, answers to your questions. Any money matter? Comparing load and no load mutual funds. How to gauge your needs in retirement. 888 99Chart. Our Invest Talk podcast continues. One of KPP Financial's solutions that help solve today's retirement puzzle is our balanced income portfolio. How do you get the income you need in retirement without the kind of risk that you don't feel comfortable with? That's what this program is all about, the Balanced Income Portfolio from KPP Financial. And remember, as with each KPP program, the principles at KPP are invested right along with you. Would you like to know more about it, the Balanced Income Portfolio? You can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts, or you can ask Steve about it directly. Just click on the Contact Steve button on investtalk.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where their mission is helping you grow and protect your money. How can KPP do that? Which of their special programs are best suited for your financial situation? Well, you can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. Even better, contact Steve through a message on InvestTalk. And he's here now taking your calls, 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go to Vitaly in Atlanta. Thanks for waiting, Vitaly. I appreciate it. Hi, Steve. Um, I'm looking at ETFs. So one is VOX and the other is VDC. I'm trying to compare the mm -hmm. two and see which one would you recommend more uh, for a long-term hold. Okay, well, VOX is, uh, uh, you know, it's seeking, uh, it's an index seeking to uh, track the telecom communication services index, 
whereas the uh, VDC, isn't that the Staples? Consumer Staples, I think, is that ETF. So it tracks the consumer staples. So you have to decide which of those sectors you'd like better. Uh, if it was me, it'd probably be consumer staples. Why? Because it had a very big correction of down from 150 all the way down to 128. Now it's at 130, and for a month it's been slowly going up. So I think that its correction is finished, and you get a 2.6% dividend. So I kind of like the consumer staple area better at this point. Uh, of those two ETFs, okay? Would you, would Thanks, you think Mattel, that both are good yeah. if I'm holding long-term? Probably, yeah. If you're holding long-term, they'll bo they're both really solid. Yes. Okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. James in New York. How are you doing, James? I'm well. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I'd like to ask about uh, ticker symbol ESIO. Um fairly small company, and I was wondering if you felt that at its current price, is it worth maybe picking up a few shares for the short, medium, or even long term? Is there any potential in that company? Okay. It is a small company. It's a $679 million company, so it makes it a small cap company, a small capitalization company. Manufactures advanced laser microengineering testing systems for semiconductors and microelectronic manufacturers. Um, the sales have been gigantic growth. I mean, the most recent quarter up 127%, the quarter before that up 228%, the quarter before that up 139%, and the quarter before that up 52%. A year ago, sales were falling. So this is a tremendous turnaround. But they've always made money the last, you know, the, they didn't, I take that back. The last, this year they're going to make money. The years before that, they didn't. This year they're going to make $2.78 a share after losing $0.29 cents a share last year. That's a big turnaround. Not going to make so much next year, $2.17. And the year after that, we got projections way out to 2020 for $2.65. And it's a $20 stock. That tells you the P is under 10 with a huge return on equity. I think I think it's got pretty good potential, James, but it is a very cyclical stock. So if the economy starts to suffer, this stock will suffer. I noticed there was a lot of insider buying when it was around 6 to $8 a share. Not so many buying now. No one's buying it now. No insiders are anyways. But remember, insiders, uh, well, they only own 6%, so they don't, they're not that big. But uh, I think it looks like it has pretty good potential. It's been basing, uh, like, you know, going sideways. So mm, I think it's got a leg up. Yeah, I do. Appreciate the call, James. Thank you. Cherie in San Mateo. How are you doing, Cherie? I'm doing good, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. On, uh, I have a question on uh, ticker EBI. Would you tell okay. me if it's worth buying in the current price it is right now? It has been growing quite a bit from how it was before. Okay, this is also a small cap company at $446, $446 million. So whenever it's small, just like in James' and previous call, whenever a company is small, it's subject to a lot of volatility. 
Now, volatility is not necessarily bad, Cherie, because you can have up volatility as well as down volatility, and you're looking for the up. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, this stock a few years ago was selling for 3 and $4. Today, it's $39.95. So is it worth it? Is it worth that money? Well, sales growth is kind of erratic, but pretty high. Like the most recent quarter, uh, sales growth was up 77%. Before that was only, the quarter before that was only up 8 The quarter before that was up 177%. So it's very kind of erratic, uh, 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 Cherie. So you, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. The stock is probably overvalued. It has a really good return on equity, 17%. And management owns 60% of the company, 6 0. So they're really focused on making sure the company succeeds. But it has gone sideways for almost all of this year. It hasn't moved up at all this year. So I, I, I don't know. It's a tough call. I, I'm, I would have to do more research in it. There's, no, there's very little debt, so that's not a problem. The fundamentals look pretty strong, but it, the valuation is my only hesitation, Cherie, at $39. That's, it's pretty fairly valued. It's not, from a value point of view, it has to keep growing, you know, 70 80% a quarter in sales, and then it would be underpriced and you'll get another big run up. But if the sales slow down just a little bit, the stock is going to go down. Okay? Right. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the call, Cherie. 888-99-CHART, everybody. That's our number. Love to talk to you. So what does the average person in retirement spend? This is a, this is, this is a, some, uh, some information came out of the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Okay, it's their data that I'm quoting. And it goes back to 2016. 65 or older, the average amount you spend on yourself in retirement on a monthly basis is $3,800. Under 65. In other words, you're working, it's $4,800. But at 65, it's $3,800. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Now, what do you spend the money on? Well, the first item is, you know, is housing. That's what they spend. It's $1,322 on housing. So that's where the bulk of the money is spent. Transportation is next at $567. But it was a third item that caught my interest. I would think third item might be like food or I don't know, entertainment. But no, third item is health care at $499. And then food at 483 So it tells you that most people are spending quite a bit of money per month on health care. So make sure you're prepared to do that when you retire. Okay? Let's go to uh, Satai and the Bay Area. How are you doing, Satai? Hey, hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call, you know. Uh uh, I have Thank a question you. about uh, T-Mobile. Do you think it's a good time to buy? Okay, is that T-M-U-S, right? U-S, yeah, yeah. T-M-U-S is in Sam, everybody. Okay, and this is uh, T-Mobile U.S. Inc. Provides unlimited digital wireless broadband voice and data services to subscribers in the United States. Uh, it's a $48 billion company, you know, telephone company, so it's a, it's big. It's growing a bit faster than the, the largest companies, which are Verizon, AT&T. This is growing its sales around 8 9% the last three quarters, per quarter. Uh, earnings are going to be up 20% this year and another 21% next year. 
at $3.94 a share next year. And it's a $57 stock. Okay, so that's not a that's that's a good price, really. Um, so what is that? About a 15 PE? 15 PE? That's fairly reasonable. It does not pay a dividend, Satai. That that's a concern. I wish it would, but it doesn't. Uh, it's it's you got to focus on the growth, and it has a bit more debt than I feel comfortable with. But it looks like fifty-five to fifty-seven dollars, and is that fifty-seven sixteen? Right in this range uh, is where lots of support come in. So this would be a probably a buy point on a chart. The question is, is it going to move up? I think it. I think it very well could because it does have that sales growth of, you know, eight to nine percent and earnings growth of twenty percent for the next two years. So, yeah, I, I think this might be a good price to pick this up at. But it has a lot of overhead resistance on a chart, meaning it would be have a hard time going above $65, $66. So, low is 50, it's kind of in a range, 57, 55, 56 to 66, 67, like 10, 10 point range. It's kind of stuck in that. And you're at the bottom of that range right now. Okay, so time? Okay. Appreciate okay, the call. You. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Over the past few weeks, we've been introducing you to the investment programs of KPP Financial. Balanced income is an ideal blend of growth and income, interest income and bond yield income. The goal is income. Now, we created a strategy designed to accommodate investors who have lower lower risk tolerance for this, and that's what this is, but still want some exposure to stock market growth. And you can see a complete description of this program, the Balanced Income Program, on investtalk.com. Ask your questions now by calling 888-99-CHART. What value does the InvestTalk Insider Program offer for you? Well, market update forecasts, chart lessons, special investing info sheets, plus a rundown of real estate investment trusts, and a list of ETFs that short the market. The InvestTalk Insider Program helps you manage your portfolio, whether you're nearing retirement or investing for income. There is also an entire library of wealth webinars. Get in on it for free. Visit investtalk.com and click on the InvestTalk tab. And we're taking your calls now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for taking the call. I really enjoy the show. I was just uh, wondering if you could provide your outlook on the transportation and logistics uh, recent uh, IPO industry leader. Uh, that is Schneider International. SNDR is the stock. Uh, I think that they have a tremendous amount of upside, but just wanted to know uh, where you stood uh, on its technical and fundamental uh, side and analysis. Thank you. Bye. S-N-D-R. S-N-D is in David, R is in Robert, and that's an N as in Nancy. It's Schneider National. Uh, didn't we do this one? We just did this one, guys. Yeah, we just did this one. Uh, Schneider National operates the Transportation Logistics Services Company, and we talked about it. It's fairly new. It's only been out since 2017 as an IPO. So it's a good company. You know, as I said before, if you want to hear all the details, just 
you can listen to the show or podcast it. But it's a good company, and the value is uh, very reasonable. So, 888-99 chart. I don't want to go into it because we already went into it, so you can listen back to the to the conversation. 888-992-4278. Hey, guys. Love the show. Just had a general question. Looking at stock ticker ETFC. That should be E-Trade. Looks like it's a little bit above its 20-day moving average, just about there. Wanted to start a position in the company. Wanted to know what you guys thought of it, how it's financially structured, and if it's at risk of going down even further if the stock market takes a sour turn um, with the, the correction that's currently going on. you think in the summer that the stock could be even cheaper, or do you think now is actually a pretty good time for me to enter? Uh, into the stock because of the fact that they do trading, you know, it could be affected by the market. So uh, please feel free to let me know what you think, and I appreciate it, and I'll be listening on the podcast. Bye. If I have a suggestion for everybody out there, try not to trace performance. Now, E-Trade Financial Corp, E is in Edward, T is in Tom, F is in Frank, C is in Cat, has made a really good run from $35, $36 a year ago to now 64 that's a really long, good run. Okay, so now, is it worth it? Well, they're going to make $3.58 this year and $4.04 next year. So at $4.04, it's what? Uh, 10, 20 PE? Uh, no, 15 PE. So that's just reasonable. That's a reasonable price. Okay, based on next year's earnings, 2019. Sales growth has been very good at 27% last quarter, 24%. Debt is very low. I mean, all the fundamental numbers look pretty good still. They really still look pretty good. So it could continue to run. It could. But I, I just don't like chasing after something has run so well for so long my gut tells me I need to wait for a correction. I need to wait for something else to pull it down to give me a comfort level of getting in. Now, when the market corrected, this corrected very little. It went from 56 down to about 52, maybe well, maybe 50. So it corrected, I guess that's about 10%, corrected along with the market. And I don't know, I just don't like chasing, even though fundamentally it's very sound, so there's no debt, no, you're not going to get a dividend. There's no dividend. Has really good cash flow. All the numbers look really good to me. And it's not overpriced. At a forward PE of about 15, 16, that's not overpriced with a five year range of 13 to 30. Returning equity is a little low at 10%. That's, I like it to be 17% or higher. But, you know, I'm, pitting, I'm nitpicking at that point. It's still a Tuesday. Invest off for about 11 more minutes, everybody. I'll, re I'll remain here at my desk for one more segment. All I need is your question. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our InvestTalk Insider program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free InvestTalk Insider program on investtalk.com. Wednesday on InvestTalk, can gold be a smart investment? 
That's tomorrow. You know you've been thinking about calling Invest Talk. Well, now's the perfect time. Steve is here and waiting to take your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Sue. Hi, Justin and Steve. I have a question about Solo 401k. My sister and I have a partnership which net about $4,000 a month, I mean $4,000 a year. And I'm not sure if it's worthwhile to have a solo 401k to um, invest all $4,000 into the 401k as an retirement. We also have a W-2, so we do max in this max, max amount in IRA. Please advise on if it's worthwhile to have a 401k solo. Thank you. Bye. So what you really should do is talk to your CPA about that, not uh, me. I'm not a good uh, source. And I would suggest you maybe look at a SEP IRA as well, SEP, if, if, unless you have employees. It sounds like you do not have employees, but you have a partnership. So if you have a partnership with one other person, a SEP IRA will allow you to put more money aside uh, than you can in your IRA, if you want to, if you have it. If you don't have it, you can put up 20% of your profits in there. But that is really a question for a CPA um, and because they would know more about your business than I would. And it depends on how much money you make and how much money you file a joint return with the husband or not, or you don't have you know, uh, two incomes coming into the house or not. There's certain things I would need to know. And then again, I'm still not the expert. The CPA is the expert. So I would ask that question of the him, him or her. Okay, the jobs openings report comes out every month. Hardly anybody pays attention to it. 6.7 million jobs, new jobs are opening, according to the Labor Department, last month. And that's a record high. 6.7 million jobs open. Where were they? They were mostly in the durable goods manufacturing and information sector. That's where those jobs are open. Now, when this report comes out, there's also what's called a quit rate they report on. A quit. Quit, meaning people quitting their jobs. That's what that means. And the quit rate is at 2.3%, which is also a record high. Now, why is this important? Why is this important? Well, in the deep, deepness of the recession, there were six, employee, six unemployed people applying for every one job. Today, there's one person ap- applying for every one job. One person to one versus six to one. The quit rate indicates to you that people are perfectly happy quitting because they can find another job. That, get, that, that quit rate tells you that everybody's, the employees are very, very confident. Now, why am I even talking about this? Because it goes to, number one, the health of the economy and inflation rate. It's telling you the health of the economy is pretty strong because the quit rate is at record high and that new jobs are being produced, 6.7 million of them, out there waiting for employees. Inflation is a fear because... When the quit rate is so high and there's so many jobs out there, employers at some point are probably going to start bidding up wages. So far, that has not happened. Has not happened. So far, employers have not really 
bid up wages. So we don't see wage inflation very much. And the Federal Reserve is watching that very closely. Remember, that's one of their mandates out there is to keep the economy steady, not let uh, inflation get out of control. So they watch both wage inflation and consumer, consumer inflation, consumer expenditures, consumer, the CPI, the PPI, all, all, that, all the money that we spend is that our goods and services going up in price and our wages going up in price. And are they getting out of control? We don't have that. We have wage uh, and uh, goods and services inflation well under control at around 2%, which is the ideal target the Federal Reserve wants. So they have no pressure to raise raise interest rates. Even though the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, they have no pressure to raise interest rates to, to try to attack inflation. Interesting, huh? So that report is more uh, more impactful than people think. They just don't pay attention to it. That's it for this hour. I leave you with a reminder about my upcoming individual portfolio review offer. And that's tomorrow. I'll be in San Jose tomorrow. All day. I have a slot or two open. And I'm going to have to take an extra long lunch because, uh, you know, I don't usually take lunch because I'm usually full. This is unusual. So take advantage of it if you want to. Just register. Go to investtalk.com and... Hit contact Steve, uh, and we'll get you registered. I'm Steve Peasley, and Justin Klein, and I thank you for listening today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.